It may only be the very first week of 2019, but in the world of presidential politics, that means it's time to think about the 2020 presidential election. More immediately, though, it's time to welcome a new Congress to Washington. Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic? Among those sworn into Congress this week is Utah's junior Republican senator, Mitt Romney. Romney made a run for the presidency in 2012 as the Republican nominee. And just days before he starts his new role as a senator in Washington, he made a big splash about how he thinks a president should act. In an op-ed published in The Washington Post on Tuesday, Romney harshly criticized the president, suggesting he has not risen to the mantle of the presidency. Trump responded to a reporter's question about Romney's op-ed. So I was surprised at Mitt Romney, but we, I just hope he's going to be a team player. And if he's a team player, uh, that'll be great. I will say this. If he fought really hard against President Obama like he does against me, he would have won the election. Other Republican reactions to Romney's op-ed have been mixed, and some have even speculated that he might be making a case to challenge Trump in the 2020 primary. So that got us thinking, how vulnerable is Trump to a Republican challenger? Can he lose the 2020 Republican nomination? This is Can He Do That, a podcast that explores the powers and limitations of the American presidency. I'm Allison Michaels. The Post's political reporter, Robert Costa, has been covering Romney since the days of his 2012 presidential campaign. He explained Romney's message in this op-ed. It's not a surprise what he wrote in the op-ed, taking a hawkish position on foreign policy, raising questions about the president's decision to remove troops from Syria. But at the foundation of this article is Mitt Romney raising questions of character about President Trump. And that's really the case he's making against the president, not an ideological case. As we saw from Romney's CNN interview this week, he supports the border wall. He supports criminal justice reform. He supports the tax cut. What he really has a problem with is President Trump's character and the way he erodes different norms and institutions. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you specifically about that. He praises the president for a lot of these things, criminal justice reform, appointing conservative judges, cracking down on China. These are pretty mainstream Republican policies, and yet he makes this case against character. So if he's getting the policies that his conservative voters presumably want, why does character matter to him? Romney has nothing to lose. Former Massachusetts governor who moves to Utah, is in political winter, is the former Republican presidential nominee, now gets elected as a junior senator from Utah to a six-year term in his 70s. And he's saying to himself, based on my reporting, talking to his friends and his allies, why not be out there as someone who doesn't need to strike the same kind of bargain as every other Republican has struck with President Trump? which is what you outlined, which is, well, we don't like him on his conduct, but he's giving us all these goodies on policy. For Romney, and this, this was reflective in his presidential bids, he really believes the presidency is about more than policy gains. He sees the presidency as an American institution. He's an old school, mainstream Republican, and he's going to be in the Senate in that way, advocating for those values. What struck me specifically in Romney's approach to 
addressing the character of our president is that he kind of uses it as this thing that represents how a president tries to unite the country. Yet over the past several presidencies in our country, we've seen, despite presidents who've spoken about unity, we've seen a further divided country. So how important is this sense of character, this sort of speaking about unity? How important actually is it to how unified a country looks and feels? The context matters, right? Romney is saying to the Republican Party, character has always mattered to most Republicans over the past few decades throughout American history. His op-ed is not so much about him saying to the country he's going to step forward right at this moment and try to unite the country and make character an issue. This is a salvo across the bow of this White House and to the Republican Party saying, yes, you've embraced President Trump. But is it really worth the cost? And does character directly affect policy is kind of what I'm trying to get at. It's a a big debate in Mm -hmm. politics. It always has been. I mean, we've had presidents before who've had bad reputations, presidents who've had a huge scandal. This was an issue with President Clinton uh, when he had his personal troubles. Did it really matter? Did character matter? Uh, If if you have a president who's popular, who's able to do stuff with Newt Gingrich like Clinton was – does character matter? It's always been something that has hovered over the presidency. Is the presidency about policy or is it about representing the country in a certain way? And that's always the tension. And this tension, again, is being exacerbated by Mitt Romney, who's saying character needs to come to the fore more than it is now. Now, why is Mitt Romney's choice to speak out? Why does that feel different than, say, Bob Corker or Jeff Flake doing so? Because Romney is someone who is considered by many Republican donors and Republican strategists as someone who could run for president in 2020. Now, Romney said this week he's not trying to mount a campaign for president. But what really matters with this op-ed as well is that there is a conversation beneath the surface, to be sure, for the most part. But there is a conversation that's growing in Republican ranks. Should President Trump have a primary challenge? Ohio Governor John Kasich's out there saying he may do it. Senator Flake has said he hasn't ruled it out. Corker has said he hasn't ruled it out. But could someone of Romney's stature come in and really challenge President Trump? Uh, For Romney now to say, I'm really against Trump and I'm going to lay it all out in this op-ed article, that's a a, a significant moment for never-Trumpers, for anti-Trump Republicans who have been looking for someone like Romney to be their standard bearer should there ever be an opening. Now, there may not be an opening. President Trump is very popular with Republican voters. This is all about Romney saying if President Trump's popularity, let's say, ever slips below 80 percent, goes to 70 percent, 60 percent, he could be very vulnerable. In-laws, love them or hate them, you're pretty much stuck with them. And when you're a ruler in the Middle Ages, that can be a serious problem. It might even land you dead. I'm Dan Jones, and on season four of This Is History, I'm telling the story of England's weirdest king, Henry III. He's in way over his head, and he's surrounded by bloodthirsty relatives with their eyes on his throne. To listen, search This Is History and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Throughout U.S. history, some vulnerable presidents have decided not to run again, or they've failed to win re-election. But I wondered, how unusual might it be for a sitting president to be challenged for nomination as their party's own general election candidate? It's happened. And if you get a a real high-profile primary challenger, 
you may still win the nomination in most cases, but it could hobble your presidency. It could prevent you from winning re-election because your whole uh, political stature has been eroded by a primary campaign. A lot of it matters about what's happening in the, the turbulence of history. You think about in 1974, Richard Nixon resigns amid scandal in Watergate. Gerald Ford becomes president. And then he was challenged by Ronald Reagan in the 1976 presidential primary. So presidents who are seen as vulnerable or tinged by scandal, they have had primary challenges before Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford, George H.W. Bush. So it's something this White House wants to avoid. Uh, But things are so fast moving right now in American politics. We don't know what Robert Mueller is going to do. We don't know what's going to happen with the economy if it continues to be volatile that there could be an opening in 2019 beyond all the Democrats who are heading to Iowa and New Hampshire. There could be an opening for Republicans to start start to say, is this party lost if we don't have a more moderate or mainstream candidate? At least have that discussion. So considering some of the historical context, do you see those same vulnerabilities now as the president heads into 2020? Not yet. Okay. I mean, we're at – but Romney even making noise about it shows – He's not making noise about 2020, but this is a wink, wink. Remember me for 2020 if things go bad. That's that's what this op-ed is. That's why it's on the front page of the Washington Post. That's why it matters in American politics because this is not just someone crowing from the sidelines. This is as a president's dealing with a government shutdown, volatile markets, empowered House Democrats, the 2020 presidential race starting just on the Democratic side. He's under siege, a president under siege. A primary conversation is almost certainly going to start historically if you have these kind of dynamics over a presidency. In the first line of Romney's op-ed, he refers to this particular month being a sign of President Trump's administration in turmoil. Can you talk about what's happened this past month that might make Trump vulnerable to a contender? Well, Romney calls it the, quote, deep descent of President Trump's administration. Romney is uh, someone who, remember, wanted to be secretary of state had frog legs at John George's in New York with then-president-elect Trump, thought about the idea. Trump aides told me it was never seriously considered to actually have Romney there, that President Trump actually kind of teased Romney along and thought maybe – made Romney think he could maybe be secretary of state. This is how President Trump often operates with people he doesn't like. He'll try to bring them into the fold but not necessarily give them what they're seeking. So Romney had all these meetings about secretary of state but was never offered secretary of state. Is Romney's sort of flip-flopping on the president or his tendency to give him the benefit of the doubt and then publicly criticize him, does that represent a portion of the Republican Party's kind of sentiment towards Trump or is this uniquely Romney? Romney is such a microcosm of the Republican Party. He's someone who even when President Trump in 2011 when he was a birther, he accepted Trump's endorsement when he was running for president. Then he flips. He becomes anti-Trump. He gives this big speech in, in, in Utah in 2016 and denounces Trump as this wild man who should never be president. And he becomes kind of a hero to the never-Trumpers for being out there and saying that. Then President Trump wins and he says, well, wait a second. The Republicans now have power. They control the House and the Senate and the White House. Maybe I want to be involved. Maybe I should give Trump a chance. Maybe I could be secretary of state. And then that doesn't work out and he, and he becomes anti-Trump again, but he's a little more quiet. I mean, it's an unusual situation, but it all comes down to this is someone who is a typical Republican in many ways, business-minded, loves the tax cuts, uh, likes to shrink the size of government, wants to go after entitlement reform. But he's 
always been uneasy in navigating the Trump question. And for him, he's had to navigate it publicly and uneasily longer than most. So then based on him as a microcosm, do you think that the Republican establishment wants to see a contender against Trump in the 2020 primary? And how would his base react? How would the Trump's specific base react to that? Kind of At this point, the base would be with Trump. I mean, no doubt about it. But your question is interesting because what defines the Republican establishment, right? Is the Republican establishment Mitt Romney and his friends who go to Park City, Utah every year for a donor retreat? In part, it is. That's partly the Republican establishment. But it's not the whole Republican establishment. Some of the Republican establishment right now is Leader McCarthy in the House, Trump supporter, Leader McConnell in the Senate, a Trump ally. They've worked together on Supreme Court nominations. They've passed legislation together. Is McConnell best friends with President Trump? No. Does he sometimes get cagey and about President Trump's conduct and even swat him back from time to time? Yes, he does. But the Republican establishment in many ways is bought in. It's almost like uh, if your sibling gets engaged to someone you don't like and you say, well, we're family, so I'm going to make it work. I'm st- I'm not, what am I going to do, not go to vacation, not go see my family at the holidays? I mean, that's the whole thing the Republican Party is doing. They're saying this guy's now in our family. You know, we grumble about him when he's not around, but he's in our family and we were trying to make it work. Romney, though, is saying, I'm going to speak up about the in-law. All right. So then is there a specific person, a viable candidate you could imagine challenging Trump in a primary? The way this is really talked about behind the scenes when you talk to strategists and consultants and even some lawmakers is they say if President Trump is impeached or President Trump resigns and leaves office and it becomes President Pence, we're going to have a free-for-all in the Republican Party. If Trump, let's say, plummets in popularity for some reason, Mueller or something else, or, or he leaves office for whatever reason, there will be a total race. Maybe Nikki Haley thinks about it. Maybe Pence consolidates power. Maybe he doesn't if he's president. If Trump's there still in office running for re-election, uh, but he's down there and he's, and he's flailing every day and his tweets get uh, wilder and wilder, Republicans are going to start to say more than just Kasich or Sass or Flake, maybe someone else has to step up. That's why Romney doing this now, he can always point back to this op-ed and said, see, I supported the wall. I supported part of the Trump agenda, but I was never there with President Trump on character. Uh, Give me another shot. What kind of political sacrifice would come for someone? Let's take Romney off the table for a second, but for another potential contender against Trump in the 2020 primary. I don't think it would take much sacrifice. I'm actually surprised more aren't doing it. I think there's a lot of fear, frankly, among people I talk to who talk to potential contenders. They say, They don't want to be subject to a president who has 50 plus million people on Twitter following him. And if they come up with a nickname for you, like little Marco or what was the Jeb Bush one? Uh, Tired Jeb? No. Yeah. What was it? I don't remember. Low energy. Low energy Jeb. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Low energy Jeb. They look at someone like they look at the nicknames from President Trump, like little Marco or low energy Jeb. And they say, I don't want my career to be defined by President Trump. I don't if I can avoid running in 20, maybe I could run in 2024, 2028. But as a reporter, I would say you never can pick your moment in presidential politics. Barack Obama decided in 2007, just a few years into the Senate, this is the time. President Trump, having never been in office before, said in 2015, this is the time. Uh, We live in a culture now where you can't plan out your presidential ambitions like you used to in the past. And, And like Bob Dole was on the ticket in 76, didn't become the nominee till 96. 
There used to be kind of a more traditional path, not anymore, especially in the age where someone like Beto or Rook or Obama, where you can come out of nowhere or Trump and win the nomination. So if you're someone who thinks, I don't like President Trump and I'm a Republican, there's a huge opening right now for you to get enormous national attention, but you have to prove that you can somehow beat him. And that's why Romney is interesting because everyone else we've been talking to with all with all respect, like Kasich even, they haven't proven that they can really have a national movement behind them. So then that's a perfect segue to our final sort of can he do that question, which is can Trump lose the Republican nomination in 2020? At this point, no, he can't because his support is so deep among Republican voters. But as we saw with George H.W. Bush in 1991, the Gulf War, he was riding high with all these poll numbers and uh, Republicans were rallying around him. They had a parade in Washington. And then a year later, he was struggling against Pat Buchanan in a primary. Uh, Richard Nixon wins re-election in 1972. Who, who would have thought in 1974 in August he's gone and Gerald Ford's president? Uh, and Gerald Ford wasn't even vice president in 1972. And within two years, he's president of the United States. So we, we're sitting here in January of 2019 saying, could President Trump win the Republican nomination or lose the Republican nomination? It's hard to say. At this point, he's the front runner. Uh, he's the most popular Republican in the country. Uh, but circumstances change and it's divided government. We haven't seen how President Trump's going to respond to all of this. How does he respond to the Mueller report? How does he respond to subpoenas to his own family? How does he respond to further indictments, tensions across the party? Uh, an economy that he loves talking about the Trump bump. Suppose it becomes as the new, new some Democrats are calling it the Trump slump, and that that can change everything. And uh, as I always say, as a reporter, assume nothing about what happens next. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Can He Do That. If you want to read the complete op-ed by Senator Romney, go to WashingtonPost.com. And as always, if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Can He Do That is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by the talented Carol Alderman with design help from Kat Rudell-Brooks, logo art from Loren Boglio, and theme music by Ted Muldoon.